everyone. Welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is a definitive identity governance and automation solution built natively on ServiceNow. Look, we've built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a nightmare for risk, security, and governance, who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized it? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on the ServiceNow platform, which you already trust. ClearSky, a better way to IGA. Check the description below for episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? All right, Duke. Today we're talking about Admin Center and <sighs> what we love can Admin do Center. to make it better, right? Yeah. So here's the setup, folks. In Tokyo, they have this new thing called Admin Center. We're going to have a link in the description below for a video that I did on it for my Tokyo Tour series. And essentially, Admin Center is this new idea where, how would you describe it, Corey? Like, I think about it in terms of facilities management. If you go into a building behind the scenes, all the information is flowing into one room where all the facilities management people are. And they have their to-do lists and their tasks, but they also have all these meters and gauges that tell them, is everything normal or is stuff not normal? So I like an admin center to be the admin interface in which all other admin interfaces roll up to. I like that too, Duke. It kind of brings to mind the airplane pilot too, right? Where the plane is just basically a huge dashboards of knobs and widgets and gauges and reporting features that they're keeping overwatch on to ensure mm -hmm. that everything's in the right area and the right kind of optimum kind of range until they get to the destination. Overwatch. I love that. Like it is my job to react to out of the ordinary. Right. The other thing I like about this idea of like an interface that rolls up all of the other admin interfaces data or most important pieces of information is that not all admins know exactly what the platform can offer that way. Right. Ooh, you take somebody point. who's fresh out of CSA and say, great, you're the new admin for this company. Like, do they know about Security Center? Do they know about, you know, which plugins can be upgraded? Do they know about Upgrade Center? No. Do they know about Instance Scan? So right. if you take all the things that the system can present an admin and roll them up to one spot, I think they've got a powerful tool to naturally and passively drive the education of the admin ecosystem. Man, you know, that's a good point, right? Like new people come into the ecosystem all the time and no one's going to know everything about everything. And so some of us old crusty guys, right? Like we have an advantage because we've been learning this thing for years and years and years. So incremental knowledge builds upon existing knowledge. But when your existing knowledge is like super small, right? Like yeah. that all of that incremental knowledge that's coming at you has to feel like a fire hose, right? So yeah. how do you onboard someone as efficiently as possible so they can get up to speed and watch out for the things that they need to watch out for without necessarily knowing what those things are up front? Okay, what we're going to do with this episode is we're going to just brainstorm a bunch of the things that we would love to see in the next version of Admin Center. And what we would love for you to do is in the comments, because we're going to post this on LinkedIn, in the comments, please note which ones you like 
or stuff that you thought we missed. And what we hope is that the team that manages this will see it and save them a ton of energy in finding people to advise on this product. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, everybody, to make a feature like a big, huge bang for all of us. Yeah, and smash that like button, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Always wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I would love on Admin Center is some visibility as to who has the admin role. And if you could squeeze it in, I'd be satisfied with just a count. Like you have 20 people who have admin rights and you could just eyeball that and, and see if you get the warm fuzzies or not. Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> but, then, but then being able to drill into it and say, like, here's all the individuals that have it and the last time they logged in. Yes. And, and importantly, the last time they logged in. Right. Yes. Because I want to know if I have folks who have the role who don't use it, because in those cases, let me go ahead and, and remove those folks from the from the roster. Right. Because one, they're not contributing. And that's, you know, that's another discussion. But two, that means they have the rights and they don't need them. Right. And that's an uh, that's a security um, risk right there. It's a huge security risk. I don't think people fully appreciate that the huge security risks come from open doors that you assume won't be used. Right. So just tell yourself a little story in your head. You have somebody who comes and does your implementation. You know, you're happy with them. The implementation ends. You don't crack down on that admin rights. That person has a massive, bitter, poisonous breakup with their employer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you got this angry person that's got admin rights to some of the instances of their customers. And they have no reason, right? No reason whatsoever not to. I mean, there's lots of moral yeah. reasons why they shouldn't, but there's no connection there. They haven't been using the system. They haven't put a ton of work into it. They're not feeling like, oh my God, I don't want to break this. They're thinking, I forgot I still got access to that thing. Yep. And, yeah. you know, if this doesn't ruin your sleep, then listen to Tim Woodruff and listen to how bad the worker proxy problem is in ServiceNow right now. There are people that just give their account information out to other people so that they can do the work for them. Oh my God. So for every single admin who's like idle and has an admin account, you have to now, you must assume that anybody else in the entire world can have that person's login info. Yeah, man. And so th- that that's a whole nother episode we could do on like security and how yeah. to access the service instances and wh- when you should do multi- multi-factor or when you should do like IP access control. Yeah. But we can get on the rabbit hole there. <laughs> so some other things in there is like not only like the count of admin roles and last time logged, but a couple other things that might be handy in there is uh, logging usages of security admin. Absolutely. Promotion. And recent impersonations. Yeah, because you want to know, too, if an admin is utilizing their, how they're utilizing the credentials to a certain degree, right? I mean, impersonation is is part of the gig. But if you're always impersonating the CEO, one could wonder why why you're doing that. (laughs) One could. And so next we've got update sets, completed update sets that aren't local. And we could even expand that to more things. But absolutely, like... When you're thinking about any update sets that you have that are off platform, so if you're in the production instance and you've got update sets that are in dev or tests that are being completed, and therefore one would assume being migrated upwards in the instance chain, let me give me some um, some early access to that, right? Like give me a little sneak peek, give me a little tasty poo, right? (laughs) Yeah, and as the teams get bigger and bigger, it's hard to like 
really be on top of all of that. So at some point, you're going to have to develop a heuristic. We yeah. generally do about five update sets a week. But then once that number jumps up to 10, it's just like, that is not normal. Right. Right. I right. just use my human pattern finding thing to just let my guts do the thinking. No, no. And that's absolutely right. I mean, there's so much to be said about pattern finding. But you want to know, like, when you're seeing that spike, because you need to be prepared in, in production, too. If you're um, used to doing updates that are about five update sets, big, wide, whatever you want to call it, right? And then all of a sudden you got to do 10, you might have to do more communication with end user community. There might be more conflicts that might happen with existing code. There might be a, a cause there for, to do exist more extensive testing before you move to production. So there are all of these things that start to ping when you see something that's out of the ordinary like that. But it starts with seeing the thing that's out of the ordinary. Another thing too, you know how I always rant about accelerators? Um, <laughs> Man, I can rant about I'm accelerators gonna, too. I'm trying not to right now. I'm going to try <laughs> Stay focused. <laughs> but imagine if before those ex those accelerator nightmares happened, imagine if you had an admin center where the admins were looking at it every day and they said, you got, you know, three update sets coming to prod and one of them has 2000 updates in it. That would put a different spin on just, just deploy our accelerators, just deploy our best practice module because thousands are scarier than hundreds. And I think anybody would take a second look at that and say, wait a minute, what are you changing? <laughs> Man, can I get a button too that I can click that says, tell me what it does. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, because in that situation, you get this thing comes through and it's got 2,000, 3,000 updates in it. And you're like, oh my God, what the hell? The first thing you want to know is what the heck does all of this do? Yeah. Right? And, and I would love to just be able to click that button and then it sends out like a task to the update set owner what the heck does all of this do right? yeah now <laughs> you no, know and that's make it interactive too right right because that's a conversation right there mm -hmm. that is not a accepted sight unseen that is a conversation we're in the meeting room this is probably at least an hour of time on both of our ends and we're going to have to break this down and why i need three thousand of your updates yep so it also yeah, shows absolutely. stuff that's out of control like maybe somebody accidentally ran a script that updated configuration files that just you know what i mean but yeah but the key is it's just establish some kind of baseline where I can see a blip in the pattern. Because I don't yeah, know, like, how would an admin do though. this day to day today, right? How would yeah, I, I do this today? No, I was going to say, but what also I'd like to see is the application scope, right? Mm, yeah. Like, because I want to know what apps we're updating to with, this, with these update sets. This might be incident management. That's cool. Might be ITBM. Maybe I need somebody else to look at it, right? Might need to communicate differently depending on that thing because that's typically business stakeholders yep. versus like IT stakeholders, right? And they maybe they're a little more resistant to change or a little more resistance to, resistant to change without enough notification, yeah. right? The application scope, I think, comes in handy too. Or just some kind of... I don't know there's, there's a good solution for this right now, but ServiceNow is in the right spot to be able to determine it. But some kind of abstraction that tells me the closest thing of interest. Gosh, how do I describe this? Like, imagine oh, I've got an update me. set where it's like the update set is on incident and change and problem. Like, it rolls up to those three things, which right. could be plausible, but it could also be like, hold on a second. <laughs> Right, right. How are you doing changes to problem and change when you told me you were only going to do incident stuff? Right. And like we that. all know ServiceNow needs as much visibility as possible into the drift on your 
like effectively everything you do is invisible on it until it annoys you. <laughs> Drift, man, that is that's a good point, right? As your instance ages, everyone needs to be way on the lookout for um drift. And so, you know, being able to spot that easily, I think, and proactively is a huge use case. The next topics, I'm not sure how deep we could go on them, but it's just take all the other admin interfaces we know and roll them up, you know, even if it's just a count to right. the admin interface. So Let's talk about all the other admin type interfaces. ATF, right? Right. And what would we do with that? Man, so ATF, that one's a tricky one. I want to see the um, the things that are being run. I want to see the results. I want to see the pass fail, really. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I yeah. want to see pass fail. That's what I want to see. This one takes some thinking because it's just ATF can present a lot of things, but essentially it could be some kind of visualization that has the suites. I guess all ATF rolls up to a suite, right? Yeah. So it's not just like I tested ATF on the whole instance. I have, I tested the problem suite or the change suite or the, and so it might be some combination of an ATF suite hasn't run in a long time. Therefore, how do you know? Or it has been run recently, but had bad results. Man, I wonder if you could even tie this together with the update set stuff that we just mentioned, right? And ensuring that the ATF suites have run against the update sets before they leave the development or before they leave test instance, right? Mm, yeah. I don't know how they'd link that, but again, they're probably not ours. <laughs> but, but we're talking about what we would desire, not what, yeah. what we would build. <laughs> we'll leave that to the experts over at, uh, at ServiceNow. But I mean, I would love to see that is that, you know, this code got built and it was also run through our test suite and it passed or or and it failed. Right. And I don't want to drown in information here. I want it to tell me only when I should worry. I don't check my tire gauges every day. But when my dummy light comes on my car that says your tire pressure is low, right, then I do something about it. So it's got to be some kind of artifice where you should probably check on these suites because they haven't been running forever. Right. Or. They have been run recently, but they have this many bad things about them. I don't know. Again, we're just talking about stuff we want surfaced. Yeah. What other ones are out there, Corey? No, man, because I think that's clear too, right? You need to know when to take action. And I think this has to be action oriented. You know, from there, Duke, I mean, what about instant scan? Is that that something that we want to see bubble up as well? Absolutely, man. Instant scan is one of those features that I desperately want to blow up. Yeah. As in blow up in popularity. Because I feel like this can solve so many problems. Like I always have a piece of paper at an organization. Whenever I do architecture work, I'm like, here, take this piece of paper, hand it off to every other dev that comes after me. And it's just a set of standards. Don't push anything to prod with an open log statement in it. Right. So what if I said it, but I can't enforce it. But things like instant scan can enforce your standards. It's like hiring instant security, right? Got a couple of bouncers with you at all times. (laughs) robot bouncers the best kind (laughs) yes you don't have to pay them or feed them (laughs) you have these bouncers right and they're always running and so you surface those scans when they run and and the results or you surface the results when they're when the results are atypical when when you're seeing the things that should not happen right and then you can do something about it and idea right again it's it's going to be an experienced administrator a lot of times but it won't always be an experienced administrator Right. Yeah. Like sometimes your admin's going to quit and your junior guy finds himself inheriting an entire instance and your business doesn't quite get the value of service now like blasphemy, but sometimes it happens. 
And so you got this junior guy looking at these knobs and widgets. And the last thing you want them to do is to drown in information, right? Yeah. You really want them running around with a wrench, chasing down the red levels and not necessarily banging on things that are in the green. That's right. So it's just surfacing the kind of emergency information or the things you should be concerned about. Yeah. But again, I would love it to be, even if it was just a number, you have this many scan results, okay? (laughs) Or this many scan results per category. Yeah. Um, I mean, that encourages curiosity too. Yeah. Encourage curiosity. Exactly. Because how many customers, like product owner level people, right? The people who sign the checks, the people who are asking, what do I do next on ServiceNow? How many of those people can run Instant Scan or know about Instant Scan? Yeah. But if their admin was like, oh, we got to take care of all this stuff because the scanner says it's bad. How would they have known that before? Yeah, it's no way. Admin center, man. <laughs> because we got instant scanner, right? And it's just like, okay, flip a coin if people know about it and go to it. But if you put enough useful stuff on this admin center, everybody's going to go there. And by extension, passively learn about all the extra cool stuff. Beat that dead man. horse one more time. <laughs> <laughs> we should absolutely kick it because I think this lends itself to more than just the admin experience too, mm-hmm. right? And that's for another show. But I do think that if your end users aren't utilizing dashboards as their front page for the work that needs to be done in their purview, then you're probably doing something wrong there too. And what we can talk about that in another show, Duke. But what do we have next here? Upgrade center results, it looks like. What do you think about those? It's the one thing you can guarantee be on people's mind at least once a year, <laughs> sometimes twice. I, I work with a lot of older clients and they're just not, they're not using it because they're not in the habit of using it. Right. And they're just doing it the old fashioned way. Like let's test for a few weeks and check our guts and then just go. And the more, the, the bigger the instances get, the harder it is for that gut feeling to work right. And so I think Upgrade Center, I mean, Upgrade Center on its own needs some more um, abstraction, right? Getting you to a things are bad, why and where. It needs to surface that better to a non-computer scientist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even so, if Upgrade Center exists and is awesome on its own, then the most important bits should roll up to Admin Center. I, I like that, right? Because I like the I like the out-of-the-box Upgrade Center monitor and that dashboard, which puts all of this information right in, right in front of your face, right at your yep. fingertips, right? I really, really love that. That is so much better than what we had to do way back in the, in the good old days, you know? And we always talk about the good old days, mostly because of the wiki. The wiki was awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know surfacing that information up to the admin center too, right? At least the key parts of it where, so you don't have to go hunting for it and you can start your day with a cup of coffee in one place examining things. I think it's a great idea. If for no other reason, then it it sets the stage for what you should be thinking about, you know, as you kind of move on with your day. Yeah. So yeah, let's figure out like um, the, the most, um, you know what, (laughs) I'll tell you what, what I'd like to see just like in front of my face at all times. What's that? Freaking version. Oh, <laughs> yes. The version. I hate it. Like on. going into like stats.do and yes. just to get the. <laughs> just yeah. tell me what family I am and what patch level. Put it on the admin center. Leave it there at all times. <laughs> Nobody can dispute the value of this. This is like the easiest win. 
right? <laughs> right? I, I know it sounds simple, but man, I just sometimes, I don't know. It all starts to look the same. I got, you know, oh. however many clients you have with however many different versions you're dealing with, plus your own instances and in those versions, right? Like there's a lot to keep in your head. Like just and when knowing, known, how many days you have left before you're out of compliance. Ooh, I love that. I love that because that, that's your planning right there. That starts yeah. your planning cycle. In 62 days, you're going to be out of pl- compliance. Frick. That means I got 45 days, right, to get the instance upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, that is, man, that, that one right there, dude, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I but want I, that thing. Yours is better, man. This, I, this is why I love Admin Center. I don't think I've been as, as excited for a feature in a long time because not only the less experienced service now admins who don't know about all these admin capabilities now have it presented to them day to day without them having to be assigned a task to do something right it's just they have their to-do list but they also have all this information teaching them about their own instance okay but also for people like you and me yeah yeah It's like, what do you do on day one when you land at a customer who just needs help with stuff? It's like, oh, start asking around and figuring out how the, figuring out the lay of the land by asking people. But you could just go there. It can almost be like a palm reading service, right? Yeah. Give me $500 and (laughs) I will look at your admin center and tell you like where we can start getting value or hardening your instance or improving your everyday life. Man, I can, I'm already envisioning packages that I can put together around this, right? This like, episode <laughs> is brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. You start packaging this thing up with a few other proactive things you, that you can jump in and run. And all of a sudden, right, you've got a pretty comprehensive health check that you can do for a client and, you know, at least give them a printout of where they are and, and, and start to give them some basic, you know, where you want to be advice, right? Before you even do anything in depth. So I got a good one. Yeah. Good one. Go for it. We have that mutual client that we've just been talking to about like the whole catalog overhaul and they have this yeah. many items, but how many, are, which, what are their top 20, right? And right. But imagine if you just had a page on the admin center that talks about stale, important things. I'm not talking about the CMDB and stale CIs and all that stuff. Like, just keep that in its own management interface. But here's the suite of catalog items that haven't been run in 90 days. I like it. Here's all the reports that haven't been run in 30 days, 90 days. Here's all the dashboards that nobody has pulled up in. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. And when somebody tells you, like, fix this, you just cross-reference it. But it's like, nobody nobody uses it. (laughs) <laughs> or let's let's yes. close it and get out of the way. Let's retire some of this configuration we have. I mean, it's the why, right? Like it's the why to every ask that you get from a client, right? Like, hey, can you look at improving this functionality? Great, I sure can, but you realize no one's used this in 180 days, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? That's our most important catalog item. So that's debatable and so that there creates a conversation point right and as a consultant conversation points are key Mm -hmm. absolutely key to determining where you can add value the most right Mm -hmm. like if you're just coming in and you're and the client say hey we've identified these five things that we need to make our instance better and you say okay you are not a consultant (laughs) let's make that clear if they say these are the things you want to do and we say okay then you're doing your job wrong right? Mm -hmm. Our job is not to say, okay, our job is to say why 
until we can say okay. Sorry, ran over. No, that's okay. Uh, we got time for a couple more. So the, the one that I, I think for me, Duke, is email processing stats, right? So we've got all of our good inbound email actions, right? And I know a lot of folks are switching to Flow Designer for some of those as well. Mm-hmm. So emails come in and then, you know, there's like 10, 15, 18 of these inbound actions, right? That run against an email and eventually you hit one and then it does some kind of weird, um, funky scripting that you put in place to do a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if that email comes through and it doesn't hit any of those things? Yeah. To me, that's something I want to know about because it could just be somebody reaching out for help. And if it is, I want to know that, right? Because that needs to be appropriately prioritized. It could be spam. That's fine, too. But it could be something else, right? Like whatever it is, if it didn't hit any of my 15 inbound email actions and five flows that I've built as well, right? If it didn't hit any of those things, I want to know about it because I, I want to figure out why it didn't hit any of those things. And I want to know what I'm missing. So that's what I want to see. I want to see emails that come in through the queue, make it all the way through all the processing and don't hit a thing. Yeah. I mean, I could literally have used that at one company I worked with who for mistake for severe mistakes they had done, they had basically let out their company at servicenow.com address and their external customers and vendors thought this is how you communicate with that company. Oh. So we had stuff that was ripping through the email and not creating tasks, but it was stuff like, hey, I want to book some services. And I'm talking like 1999. I'm talking like $20,000 worth of services e. of revenue and it's invisible. It's gone because they thought gone. they were contacting the right people. And it's just, yep. at least I was doing it manually. I was spending three to four hours a day looking at this thing because it was worth it. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Earn your salary for the company in five days. Just like lost revenue, lost revenue, lost revenue. Somebody contact this person right away. Right. Um, but anyways, I just think, oh, what if a simple interface could just say, here's the ones that slipped through and then eyeball them from there versus here's your entire sys email log. Just a makes it difficult. so much easier, yeah, right? Exactly. No, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah. And like you said, that there could be money attached to that. So absolutely oh, got, a reason to do it. I got one that just came into my head. What's well, actually that? it didn't come into my head. I just remembered it. Somebody else suggested it, but your tickets at service now. Yes. So it's like you go to someplace on your ServiceNow instance that tells you you have two or three incidents, things are related to these problems, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what is that there? Okay, but here's the killer part, okay? Like, because that that seems to me like it's pretty easy, a low-hanging fruit, right? But how many times do you have to do these weird communication channels because you're a consultant and your customer doesn't know anything? That's yep. why they hired you. And, yep. and they're like, Corey, how come it works this way? And it's like, it's not supposed to work that way. Call service now and tell them it's doing this weird thing. Right. Right. So it's just like one degree of separation. They're telling service now. Service now comes back with some unintelligible response because they didn't understand. The customer didn't understand to explain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, but Corey, they're saying nothing's wrong. Just God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just let me talk to them. Yes, right. Like get me on the call, right? Like, can we please like, just cut the middleman out here? <laughs> can we get the WebEx, please? Let's do the WebEx. That's they right. Run, they they want to do a WebEx. Let's do a WebEx. <laughs> so, but you you're an admin on their system. So if you had the access to the admin center, why couldn't you just add a comment to the open tickets on service now? Yes. Right. And then it's just 
we're, we're communicating for real now or amplifying the value of the communication. I just God, think that I love that do. Duke. <laughs> I that would love add that. years to people's lives just in the reduced stress. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, like if you didn't have to give me access to your high portal and I could just jump right in to your instance and get on the ticket. Right. Yep. That is. Yes. <laughs> that I don't mind if right they, there. I don't mind if they control it such that like maybe only a, a designated customer person can create the incident. Sure. <laughs> Fine. That's yeah. But man, when you could just say like, okay, listen, customer, I will take care of this for you. So I will take stand back. Stand back. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> These are the steps. <laughs> Let me tell you that right there. That's that's worth this waiting goal. That would be awesome because that is such a frustrating thing. I've got so many freaking high accounts now, man, from working with customers. That I know. I mean, hopefully I and fingers crossed that they removed me at this point. Right. But I don't. I'm not convinced that I'm removed from all of these instances. Oh. I'll let's be let's be clear, right? It's a coin I, I toss to me. It's a, it's a coin <laughs> toss to me that the customers even know the administration aspect of that. Right? I'd say a fully 50% of the customers in my entire life don't know how that works. They figure it out at the time. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? No, no, dude. That's all I got. I think we hit a I think we hit a number of them, man. I think that was pretty good. Okay, remember, this is all of us together can benefit from this, right? Everybody of every seniority level, independent consultants, partners, customers, take this opportunity in the in the uh, LinkedIn post. This is going to be up. Please comment on the parts of these that you like the most or the ones that we missed that are also super important. And again, we'll hope and pray that the admin center team at ServiceNow sees it and we have a chance to make this product ours and awesome. Please take the opportunity. Love it. CJ and the Duke is hosted by Robert the Duke Fedoric and Corey CJ Wesley. We are both freelance vendor agnostic ServiceNow experts who can help you in three different ways. If you want a true consigliere in your corner for your ServiceNow implementation, if you want to tell your customer story on CJ and the Duke, or if you want your brand in front of the largest independent ServiceNow podcast community, check the links below for how to contact us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.